And it's just after 6 o'clock here in the Central Time Zone. With us today is the one and only Eric Edwards. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I, I'm just feeling really good. I don't know. It's a beautiful day. Very sunny and warm. And uh, the sky is like just so deep blue, mountain blue, and it's, it's gorgeous. How is everybody doing? Good. I had a, a chance that Herschel and I drove up to see you here in uh, September. And what a, oh, a nice little drive up there. And we had the perfect situation was I think there was like two other people in the whole restaurant. So we got to talk and converse and and uh, hear Herschel say, what, what, uh, several <laughs> times. And so anyway, it was a nice day. And, and I'm so glad you got to come down for the the Joe South or Jim South uh, uh, tribute birthday party. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right, we're going to just get started with questions here. Uh, Aaron, uh, you were one of the first ones in. Uh, let's uh, talk to you first. Aaron? I love how you always like to put me on the spot first. Thanks, pal. It's because it begins with an A, you know. It's <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, Eric, honestly, nice to meet you. Um, one question I like to ask, and it's kind of funny because there's two of you in the same room, uh, you and Melissa. So actually, this question could be gauged for both of you. Which one? Which organization do you set, think sets the standard as far as the Hall of Fame goes? The ABN or the XRCO or another organization altogether? And the question is actually opened up for both of you at this point. You want to go, Melissa? Ladies first. Wow, thank you. Um, I didn't mean to intrude on your interview. Um, I used to think that it was AVN, in my experience. Um, that was the first organization that I received my Hall of Fame from. But I realized, well, when Bill Margold was still alive, the XRCO, I thought, um, set the standard. And then he also had the Legends of Erotica. For, for, so for me, the Legends of Erotica, I thought, was something really special and different and unique than any of the other organizations. Um, so that's that's my feeling on that. <laughs> okay, so you're saying it's called Legends of Heroes? Le Legends of Erotica. Legends of Erotica, okay. I, yeah. I am not familiar with that one. I'm going to have to write that one down. <laughs> well, they, they, they don't have it anymore after... Uh, so 2015 was the last year that they had the event, and it was more of a very unique, special um, ceremony where we we got to be on the stage alongside our other inductees, so from from other eras. So I was up there with John Steeman and uh, Gene Silver and Karen Summer um, and uh, Evan Stone and. Um, uh, a couple other people, and and that to me it was really special because we had people that inducted us that came up on stage. So in my my situation, I had Kelly Holland at the time who owned Penthouse, and um, Cass Paley who was Wesley Emerson, who was one of the first directors I worked for. And then we, the recipients, were able to stand up and tell stories and answer questions. Whereas right now with the ABN, you um, Recipients, inductees don't get to go up on stage like they did when I first started in the 90s and I would attend the award show. The inductees would 
be able to go up on stage and receive their the their trophies or their plaques or, or whatever so um but the XRCO, I know, again, because Bill was still alive when I received mine, um, it was a similar, very similar to the Legends of Erotica, that we get to go up on stage and, and make a speech and tell stories and things like that. But, you know, like I said, ABN doesn't allow that. They don't do that anymore. They don't really, yeah, I don't think they really honor the, they don't really honor the Legends the way that they used to when I first started. Oh, that's a shame. But I really do thank you for being on here and answering that question. That's really cool of you, Melissa. This is a very nice surprise that you joined us. Oh, thanks. I'm I'm just, like I said to Patrick, I'm so eager to learn more about it, Mr. Eric Edwards. I mean, you know, I've always heard such wonderful things, and I unfortunately came into the industry as, you know, he was no longer working in the industry. So any chance I get to sit here and gush, I, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. So thank you. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, Eric, yes, yeah, the same question for yeah. you, sir. How do you feel about you um, as far as which organization with the Hall of Fame? I have a special place in my heart for the XRCOs because I think it was the first awards that I won back in, um, gosh, I, do you have my awards list, Patrick, by any chance? No. I was, I was looking for it. Uh, it. I think it was like about uh, 1980 or something like that. Uh, and I got uh, Male Performer of the Year and the Hall of Fame at the same time. That, those are those two awards that I held up to hearts back in the early days. And uh, so that was like my first wow moment, you know, that, that I had uh, just goosebumps and, and uh, being recognized for, for my efforts, you know, starting back in 1969. And, countless loops and, and early movies where we just made up a script as we went along. Uh, so that was really special to me. Uh, I guess, I think I had an AVN uh, Hall of Fame too, I'm not sure. Do you happen to know, Patrick? No, oh, but I do know you've had your hands dipped in concrete in front of the, was it the Hustler Club? Uh, both. I, well, in front of the Pussycat Theater and in front of the Hustler Store in, in West Hollywood and also in Las Vegas. Eric, yeah, you were um, you were dubbed into the ABN Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, there is no year. I have, in fact, I was I should have prepared myself. I was looking for it over there on the floor. Uh, I have it in the, the actual dates of, of awards that I have received. They had. Uh... I believe inducted Lynn LeMay or given Lynn LeMay a big award from the AVN and she got there and was expected to go up on stage and they said, no, your award's on a table in the back. And that was pretty much how they treated her. So. It's wrong. It looks like we've got an old friend of yours, uh, Eric, that's in the group, uh, Jose. Uh, yeah, I see that, Jose, hi. We're going to have him unmute himself here and okay. uh, just hit the unmute button. Okay. Uh, we were together in uh, Viva Vanessa. There you go. Here are now, Jose. Yes. Okay. We were together in uh, Viva Vanessa, if I remember. Uh, yes. Yes. And we were together in New York. We had a good time when you came to New York. Yeah, those were the fun days, weren't they? Yeah, but when you when you came 
came for the uh, uh, what's his name uh, Casey uh, show. We had we went to the restaurant together. Oh, that's right. Uh, you don't feel about you sat at the car four, four five years ago. Yes. Yeah. What are you doing? I have a photograph that I that I can send you if you wish. I think yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Patrick? Yes. Uh, I have a two. <laughs> I have a two. Hi, Patrick. Were, when we were all out to uh, to lunch that time, I, I had that photograph, and you're sitting yes. the, at the end of the table. Yep. I have a two. Um, okay, I have a very bad connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's go over to uh, to Patrick, who was one of the first ones in. Patrick, uh, what's going on, and what's your question for Eric Edwards? Hey, how are you? That's my San Francisco friend. All You're right, stuck in my house. So my question for you, Eric, is when are you going to write this all down in a book? <laughs> um. Well, to tell you the truth, that, that Rialto report interview that I did, or article, I should say, that kind of drained me because I went through all these sealed boxes uh, of, of old photographs and everything, and uh, it, it was a catharsis. Uh, I had to open up my heart and my memories and, and just uh, kind of spill the beans. Um, and plus, I started, I started a book uh, with a, a, a woman um, Heather Drain, who is also a Facebook friend of mine, uh, authoress, and uh, we got to a certain point. Uh, I was trying a different formula. Instead of writing uh, just as a normal book, a normal historical book, I, I got the bright idea, if you want to call it bright, I'm kind of a dim bulb at this point, but uh, it, it, it was a uh, Part my contribution to the book is going to be written in uh, a script form. In other words, I would have lines, other people would have lines, and it would be like my past, only in a like a film. Uh, and then she would write in narrative, um, in paragraphs, normal paragraphs, and stuff like that. It was it went along really well for a while, uh, and then I I reached a very depressing part of my my life and I kind of had to give it up it was just too much I, I couldn't put that into a into a script form for some odd reason I couldn't write my own lines about what I was going through at that particular time in my life hope that answers your question no book sorry Patrick <laughs> I'm not giving up because there's. <laughs> okay, Michael is as uh, broadcasting from his his minivan today. So, Michael, what do you got for uh, Eric today? Hey, how you doing, Eric? Hey, Michael. Uh, I think I've asked you pretty much everything uh, I wanted to know up to this point. But uh, you know, the one of my favorite films was uh, uh, Private Afternoons, and I don't think I ever asked you what ever happened to the helmet with the camera on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Private Afternoons of Pamela Mann, uh, yeah, the helmet cam. I, walking through the streets of New York with that 
crazy thing on my head. I really felt self-conscious. Um, that was so funny. I think that was the first time I, I was kind of embarrassed. Um, we did what we called grab shots back then. And they were uh, basically small camera, get the shot real quick and then run inside somewhere or dive into a car and disappear down the street, you know. It's called a grab shot. Uh, uh, normally, you know, you would get, uh, uh, you pay a fee to shoot in a particular park or something like that. But that was definitely a grab shot back in those early days. And I thought for sure I was going to get arrested or questioned or something. I also did another movie where I was in an hospital gown. Uh, Fringe Benefits it was. My first lead role, I think. And um, I had to run down the streets of, of New York City and Manhattan with, with a hospital gown on. And I think all I had on was underpants underneath. <laughs> And I'm just running along, you know, like this, down the street. People are heads and turning and stuff like that. It was crazy. A grab shot. Ho Jose, you had a, a question to follow up? Oh, Jose left. Where did Jose go? Oh. Uh, Charles is with us. And Charles, uh, how are you doing today up from San Francisco? I'm good. I'm good. Um, having a nice weekend, actually. Um. I wanted to ask, you know, one of the things I've noticed with, like, and I don't know if it's true with female performers, but I know it's true with kind of male performers from that era, you know, that you were in adult films. They seem to have a background in kind of professional acting. Can well, you yeah. talk about that? Sure. Um, I uh, was lucky enough to win a scholarship to go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York. And uh, they auditioned people all over the country to, to get this scholarship, and that changed my life. I was, I was studying uh, theater at, at Baylor uh, University, and uh, when I got the scholarship, I decided that I would just take it and, and go to New York, and that changed my life totally. Uh, I trained for two years. I graduated from there. They, they taught us everything from... Uh, dialects and uh, uh, and acting to uh, uh, even fencing with swords. <laughs> a big broad sword, you know, in case we had to do any Shakespeare or anything like that. So, yeah, people like Jamie, myself, uh, Herschel, uh, Howie, um, Her um, Richard Pacheco, I should say, uh, we all had acting talent, uh, training. And um, I think it showed, and it not only showed, I'm glad, thank you. Uh, I loved being able to do characterizations. Uh, I would get a role, uh, they would give me these crazy roles to do, and I would say, hey, that, that sounds cool, you know. Uh, and well, I like the fact they had a plot and a story and you know, a storyline that you followed, and, you know, it's, you know, I missed that today those were the good films that's why the golden age is is coming back i think because those were really good films they were i like the the parody stuff i find hysterically funny i love those you know those the parodies oh yeah Killer island you know the brady bunch of that stuff just cracks me up yeah. love that stuff i don't know 
probably growing up in the 70s and early 80s and you know it's like that kind of stuff just struck me as funny and you know humorous and you know well you know and they also have plot lines as well so I guess I, I just I guess I just like a I guess I just like a good story I did a post that for uh, did you ever see blonde ambition that's a funny movie I don't think so I'll have to look for that check it out all right okay thank you for answering my question well, we'll get back to you, Charles. I'm sure we will. Uh, Melissa, I don't think Melissa ever did get to ask you a question. I'll unmute her so she can actually ask a question. Oh, you want me to ask a question? Yeah. Um, okay, well, Eric, if, if you had a chance to address the entire industry of today as a captive audience, what would you say? Oh, wow. Uh, well, first of all, I don't really know how the industry is today. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think they really do films anymore, but if I were to talk to an audience of, of you know, would-be actors or, you know, the, the new uh, people that come along, um, I don't know, I, I because I don't think people have scripts anymore, I think it's kind of a... Uh, uh, just more or less scenes like loops. We've kind of gone back into the loops day, loop days, and uh, I find that sad in a way. But uh, I've seen some of the stuff, and it's uh, like so HD, crystal clear, uh, which which is a good thing, I guess. But I think the the days of of uh, big productions is definitely over. But it sure would be nice to see again because if I were to say anything to uh, an actor um, getting into the business where you have lines and stuff like that. Um, I, w I would say to think beyond your limits. Find something about that particular character that you find fascinating and just go with it, you know. Perhaps he's got a little twitch or something, and, or maybe he has an accent, and uh, and it's a, it's a fun exercise for an actor to hold on to that character throughout a film. I guess that would be my advice. <laughs> Thank you for answering the question. One one thing I always considered. Um, like last week, we had uh, Herschel Savage on. I always considered Herschel Savage a porn star. I always considered Eric Edwards an adult entertainer. Um, you seem to set the bar just a little bit different um, than a lot of others. And I told you uh, a couple of years ago when I met you, or last year when I met you, was I really wasn't as much of a fan of yours as others because I got mad at you at certain roles. Really? Because you actually acted so well that I was pissed at that character, and that character was you. And I can't, I couldn't tell you what movie it was, you know, but it's well, like, I wish you could, I, yeah. I wish you could read them. <laughs> yeah. Because you had some, you had some roles where you put, it wasn't just what I was watching. Again, uh, you could have, like, like they always say, you could have taken all the sex out of the movie and still had a decent movie. Uh, back in those days, um, uh, 
Now, my wife doesn't think so, but anyway. Well, I'll take that as a compliment, Patrick. But anyway, that's, yeah, I, I was like, oh, Eric Edwards is in this one. And then 20 minutes later, I was like, well, he's developed some character that I'm pissed off at. And that was that. And then there were some I liked, and I can't remember which they were. But. I think I think uh, Patrick over there on the other side of the screen uh, raised his hand, and he probably knows that film that you were talking about. Yeah, we'll have there you go. Well, there were there were several, but I remember one of the first ones I saw with you was a film called Little Girls Lost, and you played a very sleazy director, and you broke um, Veronica Hart's heart in it. Yes. And there was one particular scene where she realizes that you have not been faithful to her and have been using her, and you were so cold to her, and you were so good in it, I actually didn't like you in that one either. <laughs> See? I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. You know, bringing up uh, Veronica Hart, um, not too many people know this except Veronica and me. Uh, I was her first and last in this industry. And I kind of like, that's really cool. You know, that's, that's a nice little thing that we share. <laughs> I don't know what the first one was, but I think I might know what the last one was. All right, I'll uh, switch it over to, to Aaron because he's going crazy over here. He didn't know that statistic there. No. No, I mean, that's just like wrapping around for full circle, honestly, in, in someone's career. I mean, that's not something that I'm sure happens too often, especially in the adult entertainment industry. But with all of the women that you've worked with in your career, who would you say was, I'm not going to say favorite, but I'm going to say who was the most memorable or what was the most memorable scene because... Again, you know, you, you are a part of the Golden Age, and you're around so many of my favorites, like Juliet Anderson and Kay Parker, and, you know, the, I mean, the list could go on and on, Veronica Hart, you know, so if you could, you know, share who you think was, like, the most memorable or, you know, the, the one that just always seems to, you know, you know hit you. You know, when, you, when you're not even thinking about it. Okay. Um, I'll tell you a little story. Um, because, it, uh, gosh, I don't know the year. I, I should have put my filmography out here with, with dates and stuff like that. But it was my first trip to Europe. It was Joe Sarno and uh, as the director and Peggy, wonderful people. And I was so excited. Uh, we were going to be shooting in a uh, uh, in the countryside uh, outside of Munich, and I had a direct flight, direct to to you know straight to Munich, and I I thought, well, who knows when I'll be able to go to Europe again? I, I'm going to change my flight plan, and I left like a week early or something like that, and I I flew to Iceland first. I spent three days in Reykjavik. And then I flew down to Luxembourg, and I'm still like a little kid in a candy store. Went from Luxembourg by train to Munich, all down the Rhine River, looking at the castles and the, all the big places in, in Germany. And, and I finally got there, and I met my co-star, Marie Forsen. We called her Marie for sure. <laughs> but uh, 
she was just a little sex pot. I mean, that girl was the horniest thing I think I've ever met in my life. We, we, as soon as we met, we connected, and um, and we were having sex constantly, four or five times a day, in, in various places, in in the, the the apartment building, swimming pool, where anybody could walk in, uh, in the bushes, in the park, uh, when anybody could see you walk by, and everything. We just could not keep our hands off of each other, and the scene that Joe directed. I think was probably one of the hottest scenes I've ever seen, and it was in Butterflies, the movie Butterflies. Uh, Harry Reams actually had the lead in that movie, and I was just a, a, a farm boy, a hick. And my girlfriend, Marie, was leaving me and going off to the big city, and that's the story. But that one scene with Joe Sarno uh, was probably one of the hottest uh, scenes I think I've ever seen. And he didn't even put any music over it. He left it alone, just with the sounds that we were making and she was making. And it's so erotic that way. And if you listen to it, if you listen to that scene very carefully, or you'll notice in the background against the wall behind us is a guitar standing up against the wall with the neck pointing up. And uh, we got so wild and crazy, especially you know, during the box shot and everything like that, that the guitar just fell down onto the floor and you couldn't hear it in the soundtrack. Boing! <laughs> it was hysterical. Joe left it in too. That's awesome. But that to answer the question, that was probably my, the most fun experience that I that I've ever had. What year would that have been, Eric? Uh, I would have to look it up. You want me to find my little sheet over here? That I you want to? Just take. Yeah, I'll I'll stall for some time here. Okay. Um, yeah, I know right where it is. All right. That, now that painting you see right there, Eric painted that painting, and uh, he <laughs> wanted me to make sure that he uh, had everybody see the painting. Uh, he has cataloged um, every scene that he's ever done and who he's done it with. And uh, so that's kind of a unique thing about Eric is he's very meticulous uh, on that, and, and that's kind of a good thing. So um, I'll, I'll show a couple other people what's, what movie was this from. I don't know. Of course, if you make eight or 900 movies, it's not you know, something you're going to just have at the tip of your fingers. But, but Eric does have a database and a Excel spreadsheet and everything on that. Well, I looked up Butterfly while you were looking at your, in your collection. 1975. 75? I have 74 here. That's probably the year you actually made it, and then it was released in 75. Could be. Well, let's go back to uh, Michael real quick. And, and uh, Michael, you have another question for Eric or comment? Um, no, I'm just really taking it all in. Um, uh, some of the stuff I kind of already had, had known um, you know, about the Golden Age, um, just based on the interviews I've watched um, and um, uh, questions I've asked before. Um, so I, I'm just kind of happy listening, and uh, um, it, it's just really interesting to 
um, to actually like you know face to face kind of just uh, speak with someone from the golden age um, who who uh, who worked I think in more decades than any other um, any other actor uh, actress in the in the industry so um, my phone might die uh, the battery's getting kind of low but uh, I'm I'm just content listening so um, I, if I think of anything you know. Okay. Before my battery dies, but uh, sure. if you want to just let someone else take the uh, take the mic, that's okay. Sure. Thanks again, Rob. Thank you, Michael. It was good seeing you. And that's yeah. one of those things too is like being uh, in there. And that's what we're trying to do on uh, on these is <clears throat> put the fans who are in our little autograph room together and uh, try try to give them like a secret passage to an interview that you would not, never in a million years have if you drove up to Eric's place in the mountains. Yeah, you'd have that if you could find the place. Uh, <laughs> we actually met him at a restaurant, and he led the way up to his place because I don't think GPS goes there. But anyway, um, this is what we're trying to do. And I think we're going to bring in some other special guest here and uh, see if we know this, uh, this young man that's coming in the room right now. Hey. Well, hey there. It's Mr. Pachenko. How you doing, boss man? Hey, buddy. I nice see you. I just am a fan calling you up to salute you. <laughs> well, I salute you, sir, too. I'm going to say this before I forget. Uh, he's a, another famous uh, and wonderful actor in the industry that uh, I wish that I had had more screen time with. Uh, because we could have had uh, a lot of fun, you know, with dialogue and everything like that, you know, but it just didn't happen for some odd reason. You and John Leslie and, and Jamie, we just, we never got cast in roles where we could do some fun stuff, you know? Yeah, I do know. You know, I want to just observe um, that if you had never come to the West Coast, you would still be in the Hall of Fame. You were one of the few who qualified on two coasts. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing when you think about it. Your longevity and your contribution to the industry is enormous. That's so, well, I, we're talking over four decades, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I applaud you. Thank you. <laughs> Let's bring Melissa back in because maybe Melissa has a question or a comment for Richard Pacheco. Melissa? Actually, that was going to be my question. I, I even I have I even have it written down. <laughs> I said hi. I said uh, is 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 there someone you wanted to co-star with but never had the opportunity? Um, so you kind of answered that question. And so listening to you and Richard Pacheco banter about that right now, just sort of you already answered the question. <laughs> Well, I think we shared the screen in one movie, but I don't know if we had any scenes. I don't think we had any scenes together. Um, Ted Paramore's, um, the hell was the name of that movie? Sex Play, perhaps. You Next were the you were the famous movie star that, that was being kidnapped, or so you had some secret that was couldn't get out, or they would lose millions of dollars. I love how porn always imagined itself to be five hundred times more valuable than it really was. But you you had a, you had a secret. I think were you gay or what were you? What was your secret? Yeah, I, 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 I was supposedly impotent. Oh, my and God. You played a detective. Yes. And, yes. 
And uh, you had a scene with Kay Parker. Yes. Yep. See? She played Manly. Her name was Manly. Because yeah. I remember right at the end of the sex scene, I improvised the line after I had a glorious orgasm. I said, there is nothing manly about you. <laughs> well, I will say one thing. We did share the soundstage together. That one. Yes. That, that, that behind the scenes set where you were in there. But we didn't have any dialogue together. And there was another movie. You had the hotel room before I got there. So when you were done with your day, I ended up moving into the hotel room. You and uh, Tiffany, I think. Was that your lady at the time? Tiffany was a... This was an Eddie, Summer in Eddie's movie, um, Irresistible. I don't think I was in that. Okay, well, there was one there. I got in the I got in the hotel after you. I remember that because you were you had uh, you were just leaving with your suitcase when I was moving in. Okay. Well, it's too bad that we just didn't have more time together, more more screen time, and uh, because that would have been fun. Yeah. Well, you know, the over the hill gang rides again. <laughs> yeah, somebody should write a film, you know, for us old geezers. We can we can gum Vanessa Alario into ecstasy. You could do a remake of the Sunshine Boys with a little adult twist on it. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, these days you can it's not a bad idea. Actually. Be on your deathbed and still take something to give yourself an erection these days. So, yeah. Want to say anything else? Uh, no, that's it. I, I'm actually, I'm just enjoying. I'm here observing. <laughs> uh, this is kind of you know, what people are getting used to. Is on Sunday nights we have this, and and like I said, never would you ever have a chance to actually one on one with somebody, and so. Uh, we're doing this next week is Mickey Lynn. So we're talking to Mickey Lynn next week. And so um, she'll be on. She texted me this morning. She says, oh, my God, I've got a family emergency. I can't do it today. I said, that's okay. You weren't on the schedule for today. It's next Sunday. Oh, okay, great. So anyway. <laughs> that's, that's Mickey. I remember, I'll never forget what, I forget what year it was, but uh, she went up on stage to announce the best, um, whatever it was that year, and it, the name of the movie was Risque Burlesque, and she went up and announced, Rescue Burlesque, and it was the <laughs> running joke for, like, the industry for a whole other year, that they even made a, a part two just so she could go up again the next year and announce it again, Rescue Burlesque 2. <laughs> so, I, I yeah. had a question for, for Richard here, and let me... And I don't even know why I have this video on my desk. I don't even at all know why. Anyway, it's uh, inside, and it's probably backwards, inside Desiree Cousteau, Richard. I've been, in, I've, I've been in there once. <laughs> oh, it says in this movie you were Dewey Alexander, but it said in name only, or what was the story? Were you in this movie or not? I don't know. If, uh, they changed the titles and, and used you in three or four movies and thought nothing of it. I did one uh, sex scene with her only in my whole career and it was with uh, Philip Kaufman was the director of it and it was very very weird uh, I was hired to um, I had to come to the set at night in Oakland somewhere and I got to the set and uh, I saw Yanni who was a sound guy a really wonderful sweet guy and he was in the, an open garage I had to go through the garage to get in the house 
And there was Desiree, who I had lusted after for many, many movies and never was working with her. This was my chance to be with her. So I was very excited about it. And um, I walk in, I say, hi, Desiree. And she says, hi, fuck you. Oh, my God. What was that? And Yanni, who was sitting there loading film or something, said, don't worry about it. She's been crazy all week. And I was just, like, quite shaken. <laughs> and uh, I had to do the sex scene with her. And so eventually I'm in there. And, um, you know, sometimes she wasn't all there. And I, I didn't know anything about any of that. But this was a, clearly a, a breakdown time. And she was still making the movie. And... Uh, I said to her before the scene started, look, I don't know what's going on, but if you just take off your panties and bend over, I'll finish this scene as fast as possible, and we can both go home. And that's what she did, and that's what I did, and then I went home. Um, and I have no idea what happened that day, but it was one of the scarier times for me in my career. Yeah, she was one of my first crushes, and then, and, and then she retired, and then she's just... Well, I know where she's at, but anyway, um, you know, that's, that's about all. She it. was gorgeous. She was vivacious. I was, I was on her, like, ten different sets I was on with her, and she was always the bell of the ball and the light of the day, and, you know, somewhere along the line, she just lost it and uh, didn't want to be there and was stuck being there, and uh, I hope it all worked out for her. Right, right. Um, go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I, I, I have a story to tell, too. You were talking about... Um, strange experiences and stuff and with the gals in the biz and stuff I there was this one girl who it, it was probably her first and only film uh, maybe seen even because it was with me and uh, she showed up on the set and I was introduced to her and, and she was chewing gum at the time and she said okay <laughs> long am I going to have to blow you before you'll get it out? <laughs> I said, well, now it's probably going to be over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think she worked ever again. <laughs> Aaron, did you have another round of questions? That wasn't really a question. I was kind of going back to the story that he was talking about Marie Forsa, and I looked her up on IMDb. And Eric's absolutely right. I mean, she was an absolutely, I mean, stunning woman. And she only had, from what I could see, um, only about 12 different film credits. So I got to tell you, Eric, you were definitely one of the lucky ones, man, because, yeah, she, yeah, I honestly, I think you were extremely lucky because that would have been one of those experiences where you wouldn't even want to leave the room. That's, that's just total room service right there. I wanted to marry her. I don't blame you. Yeah. I, don't, I don't blame you. Oh, she was a sweetie. She really was. But I think I think that whole experience was the way it was simply because that was my first trip to Europe and I was just going bonkers. It was so magical to me to uh, to just be flown and, and getting paid. In addition, you know, and uh, God, I, I got, I even on one particular film that never came out, I got to see the pyramids and I started to climb one. 
I don't think they allow that anymore. <laughs> I don't think they do either. I got up about, oh, about four or five tiers of big blocks. And uh, I looked back down, and my wife at the time was, this, all, all of a sudden, was surrounded by a bunch of Arabic-looking guys. And I scrambled back down to try to rescue her because I didn't know what was going to happen in a foreign country like that, you know, even back then. Well, I just wanted to say, yeah, you were absolutely right on her. And then I wanted to show you a picture because I do collect the adult entertainment signatures. And you're actually a part of a piece that I just acquired not too long ago. And it's also signed by Richard. He actually got to see um, the top part of it as well because I've got the poster um, stashed and put away for safekeeping. But I'm pretty sure you'll remember this. This was uh, back in 1994 when you signed this for uh, – uh, David uh, Patrick, David's last name, I can't pronounce it correctly. I don't want to sound like a moron. Bertolino. Bertolino, yeah. So this is what you had signed, and this is just such an amazing piece, and then I'll blow it up to your signature so you can see it better. That's one of the original A, uh, AFAA uh, posters. Wow, okay. Probably that night at the Cupcake Theater, you just signed that about a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, I think it's been a little longer than that. No, this was 1994 when this was signed. Oh. Yeah, this was this was in 94. And let me... Your signature is right in between Nina Hartley and Paul Thomas. Let's see if I can see this. Oh, there I am. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So I thought you'd like to see that. I thought that'd be uh, pretty nostalgic for you. Yeah. Eric has been so nice to sign. Oh, I think, Eric, you've signed three or four or five of my posters, and you always have the best comments and the best little uh, anecdotes on, on my posters as well, too, especially about uh, uh, the lunchboxes one with... Uh, I like the lunchbox, yeah. I can't remember the movie, but uh, anyway, it was, it was a good one. Uh, Ronda Joe Petty was in it. Um, satisfactions. Yeah, so, uh, Michael, did you have a, a question or comment at all for uh, Richard Pacheco as well? Uh, yeah, I'd just like to say hi to the uh, ghost of Richard Pacheco. And uh, I don't know if I have a question. I just remember, I think the first film I ever saw was uh, Nothing to Hide. Um, I think it came out the same year I was born, 1981. So that's why I kind of... Um, I uh, looked into that one, and uh, I, I think uh, Insatiable, maybe I saw that one first. I can't really remember, but um, I just want to say hi. You know, it, it's been great just listening, and, uh, you know, I'm just seeing some of the other members of the group, um, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to have a million and a half questions <laughs> after all this, you know, but, uh, um, you know, hey, how are you doing, Richard? Nice to meet you. Um, Likewise, um, but I, I just, it's just great, um, you know, listen, you know, you guys were working before I was even born, and, uh, um, it, you know, there's, um, I don't know, I just kind of like watching the old films, you know, where there's actual acting, and um, uh, just, you know, it was, it was, I don't know, something I missed, but I, I feel like it's familiar, I don't know if that makes any sense, I'm, I'm a little bit kind of just trying to... Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you uh, 
turn it over to someone else, I guess. Um, Very much, Michael. Thank you. Very nice to. to uh, that, that's really great. Thank you. I'm appreciate it. It really is. Um, between uh, me and Holly and and all the other people uh, that that have been in the industry, really do appreciate uh, those days because we all tried. It was a team effort. From the cameraman to the to the PAs to uh, to the actors, uh, it it was just an experience that will probably never happen again. And we'd work sixteen hours a day, you know, three or four or five days in a row like that, just to make a movie. And those days were very special to me, and I'm, I have a big place in my heart for those days. I'm glad it's appreciated. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm uh, remembering when we were active that you think that this will go on forever. Um, you really don't see the, <laughs> the white hair coming. And uh, the fact that it's been 30, 35 years since you were in your last movie, and you're still talking about it. So that's rather amazing. Um, when was be, your last movie, uh, Richard. The last sex scene I did was in 1985. Um, wow. In 1984, on November the 10th, I remember the exact day, it was the first headline of the heterosexual transmission of AIDS in the San Francisco Chronicle. And a friend of mine who's a mathematician and uh, came over to my house that afternoon and said, I've done some projections based on num of numbers based on what the information is here. And you're in the wrong business at the wrong time. You need to retire. Um, they indicated that uh, people were at risk who had multiple partners, certainly qualified there. Um, people were at risk who had sex with intravenous uh, drug users. We never knew who had what. So that was a risk, number two. And number three was people from Haiti which was some weird twist of fate. There was a lot of AIDS in Haiti at the time. And the X-rated business was two out of three. Um, and the truth of the matter is, my wife by then, after 10 years in the business, had had enough of me being a porn star. We had three babies, uh, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and a newborn. And she was re ready to be done with all that. And I was the exact opposite end because you know what it's like to start out as nobody. You're really nobody when you're at the, begun, at the bottom of that industry. And if you work your way up, now I'm going to fucking you Hefner's hot tub. I don't want to quit. Um, I'm making $1,000 a day. I'm getting girls that I, I want to stay. <laughs> but um, I remember making, I, I had three movies to do that week or the week after and um, my wife said, don't. And I said, I'm going to do them. And I went and did them. And I came home. Okay. Um, that night, I reached for her in bed. And she said to me, I'll quote you verbatim, do you think we should? And I said, in my best John Nuzo Leslie voice, what? <laughs> and she said, don't you think it would be prudent if one of us remained alive to raise the kids. 
Yep. Okay. <laughs> that was that was the brick wall right there. And not only was I retired, I was monogamous, all in one fell swoop. I I know exactly what you're talking about because uh, I made the transition into writing and producing and directing my own films uh, somewhere around 1990, I think it was. Uh, maybe even before. I'd have to look at my my directorial efforts, but. Um, uh, it was that particular period of time when we were all getting kind of scared and, and uh, um, I decided that I, I had, you know, my, my two sons, well actually just one, uh, and then in 1992 I had my second child. But I made that transition. Now my last actual sex scene I do believe was in 2001. And the only reason I did that was so that I could say I worked in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and in the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I did that once, and it wasn't even my idea. It was, I, I was on a shoot. I might have been the cameraman. I, I did that too. I was, you know, I loved cameraman. The cameras, I, I was a photographer since age 12. And so it was just part of me to be glued to a camera. Uh, but anyway, uh, the cameraman said, you know, you want to do a scene? And I said, okay. <laughs> so that was my last scene. And there was a big gap in there, I think, probably from the late 90s into 2001, where I didn't do any scenes. So, uh, yeah, 2001 is my last actual sex scene. All right, Melissa has had her hand up for about a half hour, so let's go to Melissa real quick. <laughs> okay, so um, when the Richard and um, Eric were bantering, talking about Richard Pacheco's movie uh, Nothing to Hide, I realized the last movie I ever did was a sequel to Nothing to Hide. It's Justine, Nothing to Hide. I don't know if it's the same, but that was what it was, Justine, Nothing to Hide. Um, I wanted to ask Richard, or the ghost of Richard Pacheco, what do you think about your son, who is now a director? And I also want to ask uh, both of you, if given the opportunity, if your son asked you to, would, would you and Eric appear as a cameo in one of his movies? I for sure would do a cameo. I would not do a sex scene. No, not a sex scene. Yeah, just a cameo. But I would, yeah, definitely. And I would hope Eric would do one too. I, I that was my was my idea because he hadn't. Nina Hartley was like his aunt growing up, um, uh -huh. and so when he wanted to do a, a a movie, I had him talk to her, get some advice about some questions he had down in L.A., and um, she did a cameo in the movie, which was wonderful of her to do. And I thought, what a good idea that he could make that part of his signature for every movie he did. He'd have some Golden Age star come on and just play a bit part. So he liked that. I would, I would love to. I'd love to do that. So, well, I think the industry, he's at least on hold until we all see whether the planet's going to survive what we're going through. But uh, when and if this all calms down, uh, he'll pick back up and, and uh, I think resume his career because he had a very positive experience there. He, as Melissa, you were nice enough to mention this on Facebook. I saw um, you think you, you, you had a piece of his, his, his own article in there. My son is definitely trying to next generation things. 
He cares very strongly about issues of uh, gender and race, uh, political um, awareness, wokeness. Uh, it's another world. It's a world that is we are about to check out, they're carrying on in, in the next way. I remember saying a lot of shit to my parents who they looked at me like I was from outer space. And I've had those moments with him. Um, but I've been, I think, smart enough to realize that he is the future. And I'm not. And so I try my best to nurture that and to get out of the way when I'm in the way of it. Um, and I think he's... Uh, He's got the best of me going for him, and that's that's all I can do. Thank you for the answer. Melissa, is that one of your fur babies there, or what? What is that a dog yes. or a horse? No, <laughs> this is Freckles. Ah, hi, Freckles. He's a little under the weather right now, so he's he's nuzzling in because he wants me to, you know, love him. But uh, he's sort of become a farm dog. Um, the past few months, you know, we got out of the big city of LA, and now we're up in New England, and um, so he's getting into things that he's not used to getting into, so he's got some sort of thing in his stomach right now, but oh. we're working on it, yeah, it's my boy, he came, he came, he joined me for my cross-country drive, so he's, he's a good, pass good passenger and a good best friend. Sure, and across the country, <laughs> Patrick, yeah. I think, Patrick, I think you had your hand up a little while back, uh, Final comments? Well, I was just going to um, ask Eric if he would share, you, both you and Richard were talking about how these films have endured over the years and, and they remain ingrained in people's memories and you guys are still living legends. Um, Eric, I don't know if you want to share an incident from Monterey a few years ago where you met a very nice family a woman with her daughters. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, that was so funny. Um, that was at a nice little place on the beach, a beautiful resort. Um, and um, this whole family, uh, oh, gosh, a grandma and uh, a mother and, and uh, I don't know, uh, uh, a daughter and, a, and the husband, I think, of the daughter. And um, they they all recognized me, everybody except Grandma. <laughs> 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 and and, uh, and, they, and they wanted an autograph, and you talked me into giving it to them. <laughs> I was all shy and, and, uh, and kind of blown away at this whole this family and I, I said, well, how did you recognize me? And, and the, the, the dad said, uh, I recognized your voice um, because I'm old now, you know, and it, uh, I didn't recognize my face, but um, uh, they recognized my voice of all things. So I got talked into it and I gave them, I, I actually addressed it to the grandmother <laughs> Chris, remember her name. <laughs> and, um, uh, that was just very sweet. I remember. I, I remember very sweet. I remember you posing for the picture, and I remember one of the daughters turning and looking at you, and she said, "Are you?" And you just 
nodded your head. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I knew that recognition. I knew the, the look of recognition. And, uh, but I didn't want to say anything because Grandma was there. And, uh, but they all kind of smiled that smile. And, uh, I, I knew from that point on. It was, it was interesting back in my youth um, uh, getting recognized with my mom and dad. Uh, simply because um, uh, I had lied about all my trips to Europe and everything like that. And I said, um, you know, well, it was just some B-movie that, you know, you probably would never see. Come to find out, they did see a Chuck Vincent movie that I was in, a softcore. So they knew all this time. And my uncle had my films in his closet. And, all, you know, I was, all, you know, trying to keep it a secret, but it didn't work. I was out having lunch with my with my parents. Uh, they lived in Fort Lauderdale, and we went out to uh, to lunch together. And as we were sitting there, a guy comes from the table next to us over here, and uh, he said, with a napkin, a paper napkin, he says, "Can I have your autograph?" And I knew the jig was up at that point. Uh, and I said, "Yeah, sure," and I like signed the napkin for him, and and then I said, "Mom." <clears throat> Dad, I uh, I have a confession to make. You know all those B-rated drive-in movies that I told you that I was making? Well, they're all adult movies. And Mom said, we know, we know. <laughs> so the jig was up. I, all this time, I didn't know my uncle had films of me or that my parents knew. And I was trying to make stories up. I must have looked like an idiot. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> All right. Well, we've just uh, just wrapped up the hour. Anything anybody else has for a good good measure? Uh, Richard or Melissa? Anything else? I just came here to salute Eric because he's great. And Melissa? I just wanted to stand in solidarity with Eric Edwards and say I did the same thing with my family. <laughs> I told him the same thing that I was making. I was making European films, and they just had some nudity in them. So <laughs> don't feel so bad. <laughs> and it was a pleasure being here. Listening well, to Melissa, don't be a stranger, okay? Okay. I just have to say that it was great to be in this Zoom session with three, you know, three legends in the adult entertainment industry. And I know we've had Richard <laughs> up here before, and his stories are great, but... You know, to have Eric on here was, you know, totally awesome. I'm not definitely not going to take away from it. And the fact that, you know, Melissa's on here, too, I I'm not going to lie. That, for me, was just absolutely, totally epic. You know, I, I never would have expected, you know, to see, of all people, Melissa Hill in one of our Zoom sessions. So I'm kind of speechless <laughs> over that. But, you know, to have the three of you in the room is like a trifecta of greatness. So... Very, very cool that I got to be a part of this. Well, I think a grand slam, sir. Thank you. I think you have Patrick, uh, Patrick, to thank for that because he has a a way of uh, making things happen. <laughs> yes. Thank like you, Patrick. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody stopping by, and uh, next week again will be Mickey Lynn, and so we. Uh, Look forward to seeing everybody. And always stop by. It's kind of your chance to to talk with somebody you may have never, ever thought in the million years you'd ever be able to talk with. And 
and we're, we're just this close. So it's a, a cool thing, and we'll see everybody next week.